I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I have Chris Visions, I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin Time. Hi, I'm Rick Remender. Rob, the artist. Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Mr. Priscilla. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Robbie Amell. What's up, guys? Today, I have special guest, Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I've got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> and we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Oh, hey, guys. I'm thrilled to be on. Robin Hobb is here. Working on a trilogy called The Fits and the Fool. Libio Raimondelli. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hi, Christina. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So how was your new year? It was good. Um, I actually stayed up till midnight and... Um, think I might have been um, like delirious at that point. <laughs> I didn't stay up the whole time. <laughs> yeah, as most people know, I am not uh, much of a, a night owl person. And I was struggling. My friend, she's like, we could do this. We could do this. I was like, oh, it's midnight. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad because one of my friends in New York sent me a message right at like 1201 that said, happy new year. And I was like already asleep. <laughs> I didn't get it till the next morning. That's funny. And then I had my birthday last week. That's so. right. Happy, happy birthday. Thank you. It was good. Um, yeah, so other than that, and the cold experience was at New Year's, and like a couple days after, Texas got a severe freeze, and no snow or anything, it was just below freezing, but that's what they said they want, you know, to kill the bugs, so my uh, legs will appreciate that come summer. <laughs> well, speaking of the cold, get this, so so I went through a drive through it was a couple weeks ago when it was really cold here as well. I mean, it actually got down to like thirties in, in Florida. And, uh, so, but it, but it was a day where it was okay. You know, these days, right? It's freezing cold outside, but yet it's perfectly sunny with not a cloud in the sky. Right. Right. Yeah. So the sun is glaring out there. Okay. Now, if you're going to go for a drive and the sun is glaring, do you put sunglasses on? Yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what the temperature is, right? Yes. Yeah. So I go through the drive-thru to pick up some stuff. My dad, every time I go out, my dad's always like, here's some money. Get me some food on your way back. He loves, he wants his drive-thru food. I don't, he shouldn't even be eating it, but he wants it. So anyways, I get in the drive-thru. I got my sunglasses on. And the guy in the drive-thru says to me, awful cold for sunglasses, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know how to respond because I'm just like, does temperature matter? 
Quiet. Do you only wear sunglasses when you're going to the beach when it's hot out? I mean, like, what? What are you? What are you talking about? You know, like, if it's sunny, I wear sunglasses. It doesn't matter what the temperature is. The sun is. is still blinding, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys. Hey Rob. Hey, hey Rob. sorry, I didn't uh, realize that my Skype was off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like I always, always have it running in the background, you know, usually, but uh, apparently I turned it on at some point and it's not on, like, I don't know why my phone, like my cell didn't ring. So it's like, ah, well, whatever. Well, you know, it works like when I, if I add all you guys to the call ahead of time, you just pop in if you get on, you know, so it's, it's all good. We were yeah. only talking for a second. We were talking about how cold it's been recently. And uh, I was telling her that I went through a drive through to pick up some food for my dad on my way home the other day. And it was like 35 degrees or something here in Florida. And it was freezing. But it was one of those days. You know how, how some days it's really cold, but yet there's not a cloud in the sky and it's super sunny, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I get through the drive through and the guy says to me, awful cold for sunglasses, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, does temperature matter? If it's sunny <laughs> out, you're going to wear sunglasses. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's cold. And I'm like, like, if you've ever been anywhere where there's snow, you of course wear sunglasses in the winter because the snow makes the sun reflect off it and blind you even worse than a sunny day in the summer. Yep. They so I'm like, temperature, for nothing. temperature has nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so that, that made me think of this when I was sitting there. I was like, Here, here's my little bit. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the super awesome geek show. <laughs> it's like, nice. the, like nice. the twilight zone we're in with all the sunny talk. <laughs> sunny, cold <laughs> talk, right? It's like, dude, did do you know the Twilight Zone riff just off the top of your head? Because that was crazy. Pretty was much. Awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, I used to watch it when I was a kid. I, I watched it um, a million times on Netflix and things. And my uh, dad watches it all the time. It's the only fictional show my dad will watch. Because he watched oh, it when he was a kid. So I think he's got some nostalgia in there with it. <laughs> Plus, it's surprising to find out. If you go on Netflix, they have five or six seasons of it up there. Um, it's amazing how many like big time actors are on that show, and I don't know mm -hmm. how big they were when the show came out. Like, but like Leonard Nimoy's on an ep like a couple of episodes. Um, William Shatner's on two. I think Charles Bronson is in one of them. It's like uh, what? Burgess Meredith. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, just like you can almost name anybody, and they're in they're in one at least one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because I don't know these guys. I wasn't alive in the fifties or, you know, so I don't know, like, was that, I mean, obviously for William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, that was before Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So like, how big were they at the time when, so, when these actors were on Twilight Zone, like how big were they at that time? Like you know, probably mediocre TV big, right? I don't know. So, you know and, they, I mean? and they just got bigger from there. I mean, Shatner and Nimoy were both pretty young mm -hmm. at that point when when they did their appearances. Um, I, I think a lot of folks, yeah, were probably known for you know from from like minor appearances on TV. You know, especially if you're that young. You know, the, there were folks like 
oh, like, you know, the aforementioned Burgess Meredith, uh, who was definitely bigger, but probably, well, I don't know if he had hit his stride by like mid fifties or not. I, I doubt it. Yeah. See, I don't, that's the thing. I don't know. I'd have to look up everybody on, uh, on their IMDBs and stuff and find out. Mm-hmm. Cause even actors who passed away a while ago have an IMDB, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like even Besides, if it was, you, could, you could wiki them too. I mean, that's true. That, yeah. that, I'm thinking like even if it was 20 or 30 years ago that they passed away, you know, they'd still have some presence up there, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. They're still forever there. <laughs> forever there. Yeah, it's their digital hands in the cement. Yeah. I really think that a show like The Twilight Zone should come back because I was thinking about it, I don't know, five or six weeks ago. Maybe that's why it's fresh on my mind. But I, I was because I, I guess what happened was my dad brought it up in the car. And then uh, I was th- I've been thinking about it a lot lately about how that show is so different than a lot of television today. Where even when they mm-hmm. tried to redo the show and bring it back, they missed the point. Like they turned it into like a sci-fi sort of horror extravaganza with all these special effects and things. But the show wasn't about that. The show was about a twist ending. Mm-hmm. You know, and and well, more about I'll- story and character than anything else. I'll tell you right now, they have redone The Twilight Zone in a very modern setting, and it's called Black Mirror. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, but the problem is, I, I've seen a, a, I mean, now maybe there's more out there, but I feel like I saw, like, two seasons of Black Mirror, and every single one of them was about the internet, or something to do with, like, your cell phones and crap. And I was like, all right, I want, I, I appreciate those episodes once in a while, but I don't need every single episode to be about hacking and the internet and stuff. <laughs> okay. There was a lot more than that. Thank you very much. It's like, let, 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 let's not, uh, you know, paint this with such a broad brush here. There's some amazing stuff in black mirror and, and it's not necessarily just, uh, you know, about our, our technological use, but, um, you know, it extrapolates on, on some of that. I mean, we, we have a lot of um, societal cues and, and whatnot that, that uh, are where, where now technology is part and parcel of that. You know, uh, like people don't, uh, you know, talk so much as text anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of rude to give somebody a phone call unless it's an emergency. <laughs> That's uh, true. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the thing about you know, like how much you're on your phone on a given day or you're how you talk to people a phone, on a given day. But you're never yeah. making a phone call. You're talking no, to you're them every text, day. <laughs> you're messaging people, you know, over, over Facebook, you yep. know, or you're just shooting the breeze on Facebook. You know, we, we are moving increasingly toward a, a, a digital society if, if we're not practically one already. So, so the idea that these, you know, dystopian stories, you know, are going to riff on modern culture you know and and i think that 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 it's really hard to escape uh technology if you are commenting on our on our current culture i i guess you're right but i don't know it just felt to me that i mean granted i didn't watch every single one because i was like oh another one that has something to do with the internet or, uh, or dude, an app watch or the entire thing. <laughs> like, like watch the entire thing yes there are you know but but again, I was, like, you know, oh, this one's a, I was like, oh, this one's about a dating app. Oh, this one's about a video game app. Oh, this one's about. <laughs> uh, so I this, was like, this... where's the one about me just being on an airplane where it like has this weird gremlin on the wing or something? You know, like... I'm guessing that you didn't see the power plant 
like episode, right? Where everybody's on bicycles. No, I didn't see that one. Okay, so you're missing out on like the best episode out of season one there already. I'll have to check um, that one out. So, so yeah, you you need to just like suck it up and watch that series uh, <laughs> and pay attention to the nuance there because there's lots. All right, cool. I'll check it out. <laughs> Being such a I fan of the old for... of the old original Twilight Zone, I want to find a show like that. So I'll give it another go. Uh, it's like, trust me, I will berate you horribly uh, until you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, like, I'm happy that X-Files is back. I think X-Files is a good one that mm. could have been something like that, but it never really got to that point. Oh, and I feel like the stuff that they tried to do, uh, you know, toward the end uh, to cap things off, like that first movie, were just awful on so many levels and just convoluted things even more. Now, now... I may lose some nerd cred here, but uh, I wound up dropping out of X Files uh, before you know Terminator Two dropped into the into the scene. Well, that's uh, perfectly understandable because they started going off way off, and you know, I, like fifth season somewhere in there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was was about where it started, kind of where I I was just kind of losing it, and then I just sort of stopped. Um, it's a, it's a little bit like Christina. Do you watch X Files or have you? No. No, okay, just no. <laughs> I have. I've. Ne- I've just never seen it. Huh? It's on. But, but, it's on. Like I think uh, either Netflix or Hulu right now. It's it's worth a watch. It's it's interesting. Like you know, weird science meets government conspiracy. You know, uh, kind of show. Yeah, I think they're actually on both because Fox has a stake in Hulu, and I think they put everything up there. But they had already had a contract with um, Netflix that hasn't run out yet. So I think that's why they're on both for now. But -hmm. anyways, they brought the show back and they've, they just got done with their second episode at the time of this recording. So, but I haven't watched the second one. I only watched the first one, but uh, of the new season, it's back, you know? And, uh, but like I was going to say with the older show, one of the things that I, why I understand you're dropping off where, I mean, I, I made it through all the way to the end, even the, even the Terminator two part. And, Uh uh, but I do agree that like it lost it lost something, and I think what it lost was the the questions because they answered so much of it by the time you got to Terminator Two period mm-hmm. that which I think was season nine that you were just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, there's nothing left. Like the questions are what drove the show, and once you answer mm-hmm. everything, like I guess what it is, it's sort of like a little bit of a Hitchcock thing. Like Hitchcock was a master at horror and a master at storytelling, but he never quite showed you the monster. Mm-hmm, like if there was mm-hmm. a ghost or a monster in the house or something going on, I mean, other than things like the birds where clearly you saw the birds attacking everybody. But I mean, like if there was a monster or a ghost, I know a lot of it in the past was that they couldn't make a realistic one look good on the camera. So they yeah, had to people do in like, sheets. Yeah, they had to do scary elements that were sort of off camera or just real quick flashes because they couldn't make something that looked good enough to their in their eyes to be on on camera. But I think yeah. what it did is it made this the element of of scariness of of thrill and excitement at a higher level than what we get today because a lot mm. of times when you see the monster your imagination was way worse than what that thing really looks like. And half the time you're disappointed. You're like, oh, I could just kick that thing in the head. 
kick it in the face, <laughs> kick it in the face, run. <laughs> you know? Yeah, say but that's a like, pinhead. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. He's an exception. <laughs> kick him in the face and your foot hurts. I got 400 nails in my head. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he summons, you know, butcher's hooks from the ceiling. Yes. And just tears and you apart. And you like a, like a uh, side of beef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was one of their good lines? You know, it is not hands that call us. It is desire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, God. The, they had some great Hellraiser, Hellraiser like, and Hellraiser two. two. Those two were like the best. Oh yeah. And then it started going down. Oh, it went really crazy. Downhill. Although I got to admit, okay. The, the, I think it was four, I think was the one where they tell like the little vignettes through time. Oh yeah, you know, I, I, I don't I know remember that, what number that was, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a great movie, but that one actually rekindled some interest in me because it was just so so interesting. The idea of of the puzzle box from creation to theoretical end, right? <laughs> well, and it um, added story elements to a few of the Cenobites in you know mm-hmm. sort of like getting to know them a little bit more, you know. Yeah, totally. Because didn't it go uh, into a little bit of Pinhead's, like the guy who became Pinhead during, what was it, like World War I or something? Yeah, it shows how he became Pinhead. Yeah. Um, So I I thought that was kind of interesting. Agreed. I I thought that was really slick. Um, And and I'm a sucker for transposing these things into a science fiction setting. So, like, like, I know Jason X was, you know, genuinely, you know, kind of (laughs) terrible movie. I love that movie. Yeah. and and same thing with the, he went the to last space. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically gets like cryogenically frozen, and they find. Uh, I th- I think they basically find the 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 uh, the body, and they wind up reanimating him in in the future. And then he gets infused with like uh, cybernetic technology and like <laughs> nanobots and crap. So he just becomes this like crazy ass like. Terminator Jason, and it's so much fun. In it's space. so much stupid fun. In space! Yeah. Yes. Well, that's right. They had the Cenobites go to space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that yeah, was the last that's, that's... In, in that one that, that I liked so much uh, was like, uh, was the uh, was the last uh, vignette in that, in that movie. And at the very, very end, when like the spaceship starts moving and like transforming it transforms into a giant friggin cube uh lament <laughs> configuration yeah. it's like oh shit <laughs> it's like at the end of one of them the whole building was the cube you know oh man was that the end of two or was that the end of three i don't remember but they got, got it got dumped in the oh. cement to get rid of the cube and then when the building was done being built it was basically an effigy of the cube but in giant <laughs> size you know but what's fascinating see i i think that they were pulling more elements from now i don't know i don't know if it was clive barker that actually did this Mm. he's the one who came up with the whole hellraiser stuff or if it was like um something that came upon later on and someone picked up on it but there was actually a real historical figure named charles leland and he uh he was you know it's before they had the term of architect okay but he was a designer of buildings okay like of things like that so in today's terminology he would have been an architect but he lived i don't know like in the time of the 
Knights Templar or something. So they were building stone things and stuff, right? Well, he also designed puzzles, and he made a wooden puzzle that was a box, a cube. And uh, legend has it that through these puzzles, Charles Leland actually figured out how to uh, connect with other realms and other dimensions. And one day he just completely disappeared. And they found one of his puzzle boxes in the center of the room with blood all the way around it and a bunch of chains with hooks on it. And no one ever found his body or found him again. So the legend grew up that he had contacted hell and they grabbed him and bled him and pulled him in to hell through these puzzle boxes. And that's actually true. That's a real thing. And I, and I was like, so did Clive Barker pick up on that? And that's why he has the puzzle box or did they later on bring in the whole like Charles Leland thing? Cause someone found out like I had that there was a real guy who did some of this stuff and was an architect. So then later on, like in the third one, or like I was saying, they threw it in the cement and the whole building took on the effigy of that, you know, docks and everything. Are you guys still there? Okay. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> I just have no, I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> so New Year's you- is over. How did you guys do any New Year's resolutions? Oh, no, I don't bother making New Year's resolutions because I know for a fact that I'll just break it and then feel guilty. So why bother in the first place? <laughs> exactly. I am just Christina. avoiding the entire end result because I just don't need that garbage in my life. Um, <laughs> Extra baggage. As far as, as far as me, I don't ever make them um, because... You know, it's then you're just like, oh, well, I didn't do it. And people always just go in the new year, which I think is great. You're going to make a change, make the change, but make it whenever you're ready to make the change. Don't just sit there like in, say, September and go, after the new year, I'm going to do this. Why not do it now? You know what I mean? Like, that's just my motto. And um, But I am part of this um, test group for this workout program called 80 day obsession and i start tomorrow and i all my eating is timed the workout when i do my workout and how how when i eat before it after it and all throughout the day all of that is timed so it is um i have a notebook with three no four section dividers um i meal prep and everything so this ought to be exciting that would last like a day for me and then i'd be like i can't keep track of all this i can't do all this work i i have a journal i have um a planner everything it's i've been practicing for a week or so just kind of journaling my food so it's funny because now it's literally because i'm in a test group mm, nope no more and it literally i say goodbye to some food this weekend so did you I'm eat ready. a ton of it before you said goodbye? I had tacos yesterday. I had sweet potato fries today. I had some M&M's. I had waffles. You know, so this is like, a no taco diet? No, unless I eat it on a uh, corn tortilla that's not fried. So you could have a baked tortilla? I could, yes. Yeah. Um, or just a warmed up corn tortilla so yeah i mean no fried no you know 
So, I mean, there's a whole, I made um, some turkey sloppy joe stuff. It's homemade, not canned sauce. I made homemade sauce and that and this stuffing for some peppers for later in the week. I mean, hard-boiled eggs. I made butternut squash, sweet potatoes. Hey, I, mean, I, I, gotta, I gotta ask, I gotta ask. When you make hard-boiled eggs, do you leave them sit out for a week before you hard-boil them? No. No, right? You just put them in the water and boil them. You boil them and then cool them yeah. off and put them in the fridge. Yeah. My dad leaves the eggs out for like a week. I'm Ew. like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I, I like them that way. And I'm going, they're going to spoil. Right. <laughs> and he goes, well, I like them that from, way. If he they goes, came they from go, chickens, fresh chickens, you can leave them out. He's like, well, they, they, I like them when they turn a little green, too. And I'm like, oh, like, what's wrong with Nasty. you? <laughs> so I think he likes rotten eggs that are hard-boiled. That's what I think yeah. it is. No. <laughs> I just think that's weird. And the whole place yeah, smells that... horrible for, like, a couple days after he cooks them. Because oh. he cooks, like, six dozen at a time. Nasty. And then I can't, I can't use the, the kitchen. I'm gagging all over the place. I'm like, oh. It's the yeah. only thing that, that is cooked in here that I just can't stand. Everything else I'm fine with. It's just the egg. We have to get over this egg problem. Yeah, I have um, an instant pot. No, it has nothing to do with pot. But ironically, on Disjointed on Netflix, which is all about pot, they um, the girl was given an instant pot. I'm like, yeah, someone made the joke. <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, that it cooks amazing hard-boiled eggs. Huh. See, I, I only like my eggs scrambled. I don't. Oh, I like them scrambled too. It's just when I need a protein, um, uh, it's easy to grab two hard boiled eggs. You know, like I can take those with me and uh, fruit and stuff like that. So uh, I got to go buy hummus tomorrow. I know this place that makes fresh hummus. I won't eat hummus from the grocery store anymore because the time I got a little listeria, I'm like, mm-hmm, I don't think I want that hummus. I don't want that hummus anymore, no matter how much they fix their issues. No. Yeah. Well, I'm, I get weirded out by, like, things that shouldn't make you sick make you sick. Like that. Yeah. Where I'm like, lettuce. Lettuce yeah. is something that comes from the ground, and all well, you have yeah. to do is pick it. I'm like, it shouldn't make you sick, but yet there's people yeah. who die from eating it. And I'm like, that means that you, you are putting it in the most contaminated, disgusting, gross conditions uh-huh. before it gets to the grocery store. Dude, you know? they literally grow it in shit. I mean, how hard is that to understand? They, they, they spray all of our commercial crops with liquefied shit. So, <laughs> yeah. of course, they're disgusting and, and whatnot. They have to thoroughly wash that stuff before it goes you know, to market. So and they just so don't, it, I guess. Yeah. But I, you know, I, and, I just, I just think back to my farm and I'm like, I remember we walked out on the farm, we picked it out of the ground and you could eat it right then and there. So I'm just like thinking like, how hard is it to scale up a small farm to like a huge farm? And well, I guess, don't I guess, forget you, you probably were ingesting a little bit of shit when you were eating that right out of the ground. <laughs> well, probably I, true. But it was just what we sprinkled on the ground, not spraying it all over like you're saying, you know. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christina. Poor Christina. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you guys ever go to a restaurant with me, you'll see me ask, do you wash your lettuce in any chemical wash? 
And they're like, I said, and I'll tell them up front, I realize that this is the most odd question and you probably don't know the answer, but I actually need you to find out for me. And they look at me and I'm like, because if you don't, uh, chances are I'll have to stop five times on the way home and eating this food won't have mattered. And they're like, <laughs> oh. And so they go ask and if they're all, yeah, we use this, whatever, wash them all. Okay. And I order something else. It has no lettuce because... I have been to enough restaurants that have chemically washed their uh, lettuce and literally within 10 minutes of leaving the restaurant, I will have the most horrible gastric issues ever. And I mean, I think probably lose five pounds. So <laughs> I, I just. That's the, I, that's the oop, oop moment. Oop. Yeah. I, I just like. Between that and caffeine, both do the same thing. I just, so lettuce is just like, oh, you used bag lettuce? Awesome. You know, you know, yeah, we use bag lettuce. Oh, we just rinse ours in cold ice water. You sure? Yes. Okay. And I eat it and mom's sitting there going, oh, I have the nervous, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> am I going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to go through a detox this week. I'll probably be crabby. Probably think I'm hungry when I'm getting, you know, about 1,700 calories, 1,700 something a week, you know. I, a, I, day, but, I uh, a, a day, I hope. A day, I hope. Oh, sorry, a day, <laughs> yes. Sorry. I, I'm not, uh, this is how tired I am. You're supposed to be uh, stereo <laughs> exclamations here. You're supposed to be around yeah. 2,000 a day. If you're doing 700 a week, you're like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to die. Maintenance, <laughs> it's 2,000, but for I'm, I'm going for the eating in the deficit and uh, losing because uh, Christina got some pudge. So, um, so yeah. I'm pretty sure prisoners of war get more than 1,700 calories in a week. <laughs> Um, <laughs> for a piece of chicken a day, that's it. No, um, yeah, no, it's, it, I'm, I'm excited to put it mildly. I'm excited to see what I can do. Um, it's 80 days, 80 days of no chocolate, no cookies, no cake, um, no cheats whatsoever. The days that I get to look forward to are called a modified refeed day, which in essence, I get to eat white bread type carbs um, or cereal or cream of wheat or waffles or because it's prepping you for a leg day, which you your legs are your biggest muscles. So um, and they burn the most calories. So you're supposed to feed that. And I'm just like, I'm looking forward to a bowl of cream of wheat. Okay. You know, like... <laughs> That, Probably those, not going to. What was that term you just gave that? Modified refeed. There you go. That just would put me off from the whole thing right yeah, then and there. I, I hate buzzwords like <laughs> so much. Yeah. I like. Oh my god! It's like whoever invented the buzzword. I would love to go back in time and punch them in the face so hard. <laughs> You'll be like, "Hello, Mister Buzzword. This is Pinhead." Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Except I'd like to be pulling on the hooks myself. You're funny. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm excited. So, you know, you guys can check in with me next Sunday. Well, obviously, I'd hope you checked in with me during the week and make sure I didn't die. Um, but um, 
check in with me next Sunday where I'll be just like, whatever, shut up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's in such a bad mood. What's going on? <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Christina? She's I haven't not- eaten in three days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard yeah. to give up those things that you really, really, really like, you know. It's like I, you know, I did something similar like several years ago uh, where I just went cold turkey off of soda and fast food. And and yeah, I was I was like slogging for the first like week or so without that mm-hmm. like constant caffeine and sugar. Oh yeah, uh, intake. Well, the thing but, that people don't realize is there's actually a lot of sugar in the buns that they put on fast food. Yes, yeah. and and I, I think some of them even put sugar in the meat spices that they put on it. You know. Yep. If you uh, if you look at it, like a lot of folks who who visit here from like Europe and whatnot, uh, will will comment. You know, it's like why the hell is is everything here so sweet? Yeah. Um, and if you go, uh, you know, outside of the country, you'll you'll see just how in- incredibly true it, it is. Um, it's uh, it's honestly when when it comes down to it, it, it it's part of the food industry's. Um, food industry's uh, uh, goal of of addicting you. Yeah, you get addicted you know? to the sugars. I mean, you really can. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it, it's it's proven. Uh, it's been proven many times over that they def- that um, that the commercial food industry um, specifically develops products to be addictive, uh, like Doritos, for example, which are my biggest vice. Um, are specifically designed to make you just keep chowing them down because they don't trigger your, your stomach's reflex that tell you that tells you that you're full and you wind up just basically getting salt and umami just, just constantly setting off neurotransmitters, um, that, 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 you know, actually sate a kind of addictive, uh, need. It, it it's really 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 uh, disturbing when, yeah. when, you, when you look at it. But their job is to make money, and creating addicts makes money. Yeah. Well, and the same thing for the diet sodas. I mean, everybody. Um, that's like the whole purpose of the whole diet soda thing. You've got the fake sugar in there, and it's actually created for you to want more. Mm-hmm. Well, well that's the what other I've thing seen too. a lot of people say that the the diet the diet sodas are actually even worse for you than the regular. Yes, they are. Uh, just because they don't have a caloric content doesn't mean that they don't cause um, insulin production, and they yeah. do. Uh, in, in the last, uh, I want to say, decade or so, they discovered the mechanism that the pancreas uses uh, is akin to uh, taste buds. It actually tastes your your you know, b- bloodstream essentially. And if it detects that it's sweet, it dumps insulin in- into your system. Um, and the reason why this is kind of terrible is that those artificial sweeteners, uh, even stevia, you know, stevia is yep. a natural sweetener, but, but these things are many times over sweeter than sugar. Oh which yeah. Means that right. if you're dumping that stuff in there. Your system is actually having a stronger insulin response you know, to yeah. the, to these uh, uh, products. Yeah. So they are going to still remain fat. You know, if you, if you drink it, you know, it's not going to make you lose weight. It's probably going to make you stay the same or gain weight. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen people, you know, just slam down diet drink after diet drink and diet. And, and 
they're not losing any weight doing it. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I swear, my uh, there's people in my family that drink like six to eight diet sodas a day, and they're just like, "Oh, it's fine because it's diet," and I'm like, "No, it's not fine. <laughs> like, you need to have a glass of water." Well, here. and you know, it's it, it, it's it's funny because I'm only allowed if anything half a teaspoon of stevia if i need it and same with honey even though honey is pure i'm only allowed half a teaspoon any more than that and i have to count it as a something and it's like well with all the some things i get no way i'll just deal without it so i mean it's no, my food's not going to be bland or boring. I just am literally having no sugar other than the sugar that comes from the little the carbs I get and the some of the fruits and stuff. It's natural stuff, you know. So it ought to be it ought to be quite interesting. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm kind of excited. Other programs I've had has allowed cheat days and things like this. There is none in this one. So yeah. yeah. To be fair, nightshade is natural and it'll still kill you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Dun, dun, dun. Natural doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. 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 I mean, natural sugars are still sugars, and they still affect you the same way. Well, let's go mm. on to something else that could be like like. This has been the health portion of yeah, the yeah. Let's go on to something that, like, speaking of uh, addictions, there are some people I who teach are addicted. A diabetes care course. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people who are addicted to this next topic as well: video games. So, Yay! um. I saw this thing, my you know, almost every morning during the week, Monday through Friday, when the stock market is open for trading, my dad and I get together probably seven thirty, eight o'clock, and we spend about an hour trying to plan out what we're going to do for the day in the stock market. And we always have we, – he has Squawk Box. He has, you know, Squawk Alley, the whole CNBC, and like five other televisions. I'm not kidding. He has like five televisions in his room. He's got three – computers going with multiple screens on each computer and he usually has the radio or some podcast on at the same time that's all dealing with stocks now all, all this is on at the same time okay and you can just and this switch. is literally how he makes his living right well yes he makes yeah. thousands tens of thousands of dollars doing the stock market you know mm. and uh it's how he does his retirement you know so and he enjoys it he loves it you know but yeah. the other day we we caught this thing on squawk alley squawk box there where they said it's about esports, you know, uh, the video, the whole idea of video games as a sport, you know. Mm -hmm. And they said we just passed a threshold where now, when they logged in during this last esport event, there were more people. They actually attracted more people watching other people play video games than the number of people who actually own video game systems. Mm -hmm. So they said they can count that as more people are now watching other vi people play video games than actually are playing the video games themselves. And that's the oh, first yeah. time like in history, really, that they think that that's happened, you know? It makes sense, honestly, though. I mean, look at the Let's Play culture that, that's kind of grown over the last several years. Um, you know, in, in terms of video games as a sport, I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot of skill. And oh, yeah. a lot of that skill, you know, develops over time. So, I mean, I mean, you can consider that, I guess, athletic in a way, but I, I think calling it a, I, I think treating it like a sport is more accurate than it being a sport. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, because it takes 
a really um, heavy level of skill to, to really proficiently play a lot of these games. Um, I, I think that that it's more entertaining to watch people who are bloody aces. Go oh at yeah, it, you're right. You know, <laughs> than than to sit home like playing against somebody online and you're just going, oh shit. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I turn the get... corner and I'm dead. I turn the corner and I'm dead. I can't do a damn thing in this game. You're throwing the controller at the screen and breaking a hole through your TV. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Where you're much, so... much calmer to watch that guy who just totally kicks ass go through and kick everyone's ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, the, uh, the, there ain't no part of me that's three sco- uh, 360 no-scoping anybody. It's just, it, it's not <laughs> happening, okay? Like I've been playing Destiny for for damn near four years, and, and honestly, you know, it's like, hey, I, I I do what I need to do, but but generally speaking, I'm not that great. <laughs> yeah, I say that about like uh, um, Star Wars Battlefront Two. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, my brother and I both play that to death. We play it almost every single day, especially like at when, especially in the evening when he gets home, we might play for an hour or two, you know, and uh, it's like, um. He's extremely good at the part where you're a person. So when he's like a clone trooper and we're both running around, like I get like 20 kills on a match. I look at Mark's score. He's got 60. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> he's yeah, racked yeah. up over 20,000 points. I got like 7,000. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like, how? You know? That's but, just like my buddy and I. Like, like, I kid you not, I'll get like, you know, uh, uh 45 kills and he'll be at like 120 i'm like what the <laughs> hell just happened i'm like there isn't even that many people how'd you get that <laughs> Dude, I, I, like i pull in like a straight 50 percent of of his kill rate you yeah. know like like like, like all it, it's it's almost like clockwork like like the the average is like dead center to, to his and it's like yeah <laughs> but you throw <laughs> but we go into the starfighter part and you throw me in like an X-Wing or an ARC-170 clone fighter, mm-hmm. and I get like 100 kills, and my brother's like 20. And he'll be like, what are you doing? Like, how are you? And I'm like, I don't know. They're just flying into my sights. And when he, when he watches some of my videos, if I put them online, he's like, everyone really is just flying into your sights. How is that happening? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just the way it goes. I turn to see someone, blow them up, turn, see someone, blow them up, turn, blow them up, learn, blow them up, blow them up. You know, and it's like, they're just all right there in a line. I don't know. <laughs> you played Wing Commander back in the day, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. There well, you and go. I, and I played all those, like the X-Wing TIE Fighter games, like all those games to death. Yeah, so I was always, wherever there was a spaceship game where you're in the ship, yep, I was playing it. Nice, yeah. Wing so Commander it's like it's just you know you just have your beat. Uh, everybody has their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's some people who are like dominating in driving games, but they can't play Doom worth crap, you know. Hmm. Oh, video game high school proved that. <clears throat> I'm guessing neither of you guys have seen video. Game I high school. I am aware of video game high school, but I do. You have need to, this. I've got to watch some. Yeah. Have I? It's hilarious. I might have. It just I don't remember. The Freddy Wong vehicle, and it is just—it's really clever. It's hilarious. It's it's like this uh, kind of hilarious look at the potential future of like you know gaming culture in in a you know kind of tongue in cheek way. There's literally a, a high school that only the very best and brightest gamers 
uh, you know, get into to as their vehicle to hit the pros. And they all have like different categories that you know that they're in. Like Freddie Wong, um, uh, who who's like, the brains behind this, uh, he plays. Uh, uh, basically, he's like incredible at like rhythm games, and he's like this this kind of like older master at this point. His kid, like, uh, desperately is trying to like uh, to, to uh, get his approval and and be good at the you know the same thing. And you know, it basically turns out that he kind of sucks at the whole <laughs> thing. And they like the um, like digital drifters basically like pull him in because like racing is his zen place it's it's pretty it's pretty epic. <laughs> now the um the games you're talking about are like like guitar hero and yeah yeah that stuff those are the rhythm games right yeah dancing exactly. dance off stuff or whatever yeah totally yeah okay i just didn't know the term i i, mm. I could imagine what it was but i didn't, didn't you know yeah, but yeah. like like speaking of destiny now i, I feel like i saw this on there's a couple of stations that I don't even know what channels they are, but I've, I've caught them like three in the morning when I wake up and I'm just like, I can't go back to sleep. I'll turn on the TV and see what's up. Where I've noticed these video games being played, you know, competitively at, you know, and they show this, they show them live late, live late at night, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like I caught one where they were playing some destiny or something mm-hmm. similar to it. So destiny, I think must have like an esport version of it. And and that's the thing I've noticed is there's a lot of these games that when they play them on like the the competitions they're not playing the same version of the game that you or I might play at home. They're playing a specialized version or mode of that game. And uh I thought that was pretty interesting cuz like I yeah, know that, aware of that. <laughs> I know that Overwatch like is that way. They have an Overwatch League <laughs> and there's the game that everyone logs into and plays Overwatch with. But then they mm-hmm. have this Overwatch League, and they have an Overwatch eSport mode, and a lot of them have that. Like Battlefield has an over, a you know, Call of Duty, those kind of games. They have an eSport mode, and that's mm-hmm. like a different objective than what you would do in the normal game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see a lot of interesting things up there. I'm always like, Blizzard is really big into eSports. They have, Blizzard I think makes Overwatch. And they mm-hmm. have like a lot of uh, like there's a Warcraft one, there's a Diablo type one, there's one that mixes all of their different games. You can have characters, characters from every single game that are mixed, and you can make like a team of them. So you could have Diablo fighting with one of the Protoss from StarCraft, you know, fighting with a guy a character from Overwatch, all in the same, and you have to defend this little area while the other team attacks, you know. And I'm just always impressed by some of these players. I'm just like, holy crap, these guys are like just dominating, you know? And then they win a million dollars. And I'm like, ah, oh, what the hell? He just won a million dollars playing a video game. What the crap am I doing? I'm sitting here in my underwear and I didn't win a million dollars. That's because you're watching them win a million dollars. Yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, spending as much time uh, doing it as they do, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but damn. But I don't know. I want to see. I was thinking, like, I have a couple questions. So, number one, like, what would you want to see if it is in a video game sport or, like, competitive thing? And then, secondly, like, 
if you were in a game, what would be your weapon of choice? Like, are you going to go for the plasma rifles? Are you into, like, standard military weapons? Do you like melee tactics? Are you going to get, like, a rusty chain and go after them? Or, like, a ninja sword or what? You know, bazookas, bombs, landmines, giant tanks. What are you going to use? And then the other was, like, like I want to see... I don't. I, I mean, I love all these modern games and stuff, but I still want to go back to like classics. Like, yeah. you know, there's some games out there like Dig Dug or Centipede was one of them. You know, like if Bomberman. You got, if you got far, <laughs> yeah, like Bomberman. Yeah, if you got far in some of these games, like if you could go far in Centipede, you are a master at using those controls because that damn centipede starts going so freaking fast. You know. Or like Space Invaders, they start going down to the bottom, you're dead. You know, so it's like, there's real skill involved in some of those old video games. And I want to see some of that come back and have competitions with that kind of stuff. You could put modern graphics and a modern spin on it, but have the same sort of uh, computerized tactics there that where they speed up that much, you know, and it really takes a lot of skill and hand-eye coordination to actually get those shots off, you know? Yeah. Mm. I think if I, if I were going to be in a competition, is that what you're asking? Well, just like, like, what would you, what would you like to watch? And then like, what weapon would you use if you were in a video game? You know, I think I'd like to watch, I don't as much as those what is are they called first person shooter? Yeah. The ones that are most common and popular that looks like you're walking. Yeah. I can't do those. I tried playing Fallout once and my, I think my brain just blah and then I tried playing some kind of zombie game and I didn't realize it until after playing it for like half an hour, like I was like, Oh my God, I'm sick. Like I got motion sickness. So I think like the older games or games like Mario or like, um, I like fighty games, uh, like street fighter. And I'm trying to decide things like games of that kind of magnitude that are not walking around looking for stuff. I like watching someone else play them. So I would love to watch like the Star Wars one, Battlefront. I'd love to watch someone else play it. As far as me playing it, I don't think I would like it very much. But I would love to have like be like Ray with a lightsaber and a staff. That would be awesome. Because I would like to beat the crap out of somebody just because <laughs> that's fun. Um, so there's my, I think that's what was the third part. So that's what you would you, you like to like those kind of games, and then you would use a lightsaber and a staff and go kick the crap out of someone. Yeah, or a sword, you know, whatever. So, like, if zombies and demons were coming to attack you, you're going to grab a lightsaber and a staff and go to town. Yeah, right. Well, I've I had to play a zombie one where you just sat there and used a chainsaw on them. That was kind of fun, but whatever. <laughs> there was one game where you actually grabbed a shopping cart and you ran through them all with a shopping cart. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember my brother playing that, and I was like, you're running them down with a shopping cart. That's funny. <laughs> right. It's it's crazy sauce. You know, it's, I, I like, I just, and I think, like, when they put on those massive ones, like, whatever the popular games are, and they have a bunch of people playing, I think my brain zones out because there's some person sitting there going, and this guy, he's over here using this, like, the, the commentators. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, wow. I know what you mean. I'm like, that's annoying. I'm like. 
I like watching, like, okay, so if we were in a room with a bunch of us and you guys were playing, like, round robin, okay, uh, whoever wins, whoever loses leaves, and the next person comes in and they just keep playing the next person, like, I would be so down for that, so down for watching, but the commentary, like, they put them on TV or a YouTube channel, I just, I can't. Like, uh, for instance, like you and your brother, that that's cool. But when there's like 10 people sitting around this huge circle of consoles, I don't think I can. I think I start to get bored. Because <laughs> I'm like, who do you watch? Who do you watch? Who do you, <laughs> and they keep, you know. Interesting. What about you, Rob? Oh, uh, just real quick. I just want to jump in and say that uh, they do have retro gaming esports. Oh, okay. Um, it, it is a thing yeah. that, that totally exists. So um, things like the uh, Classic Gaming Championship. Um, I'm going to have to I mean, look that up. They were like playing Paperboy and so on and so forth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, just a, just oh, a heads up. Paper these Boy? things do totally exist. That's cool. Um, I would totally well, you would, do you that. Would, you would think so. You know, you're right. And it's just, you would think that that's probably obvious. Yeah. It's well, just, I, mean, I never been, saw them. I just hadn't caught them on TV or anything. So they've been doing, they've been doing vid, uh, video game tournaments around games like, you know, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man and stuff for, for decades now. Yeah. So it's just an evolution of that. Yeah. Well, I did see um, that, um, the Donkey Kong documentary where the two guys were fighting over who had the best score. Oh man, I don't, uh, you know, don't know who had the best score, but I do know who had the best mullet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, that guy's mullet. And that guy lives in Miami. That's the funny part. Like the actual arcade that he goes to, I, I know where it is. <laughs> but oh jeez, you they should showed, go in there. And, they showed that like, arcade in the in the documentary, and then one day when my dad and I were driving around, I'm like, that looks familiar. And then I went, wait a minute, that's the Donkey Kong arcade, you know, like, <laughs> like you need to go over there, man, and get a picture with Billy McMullet. Like, like yeah. seriously, I, that I'll, would be pretty epic. I'd probably have to hang out there every day for a while before he actually showed up. But yeah, I should. What else am I have doing? You, right. I don't have a job yet. Do you guys, <laughs> re, do you guys remember the, um, arcade game, the Simpsons? Yeah. And yeah, um, a couple of them could, actually. Yeah, you got to play as somebody, and they each had their own special thing. Oh, my gosh, my stepbrothers and I would go down to, I forgot which store, and we'd sit there, and we'd play, and to see, and we'd sit there and help each other. Okay, you need Lisa to do <laughs> I like I like that kind of thing, where you're like, two of you are playing, and... You have you can use multiple players to get you past something, but you're like, okay, no, I tried them, and you need to do this person, and then like you help each other figure it out. I like that kind of <laughs> gaming because that A makes lot. me, yeah, it's like, yay! I know it sounds dumb, but no, I, well, I love co-op gameplay way more than PvP. Personally speaking, I mean, yeah, uh, that that's ninety nine percent of what I play is is you know PVE or or co-op. Yeah. Um, I'd rather, you know, much rather work with, with, you know, uh, folks or my team or whatever to, uh, to accomplish something than, than, uh, to, to, you know, cap people or realistically get capped yeah. in, in, yeah. you know, the crucible or, 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 um, you know, a PVP setting. I suck at PVP and it just pisses me off. So I, I, uh, well, see, I think, I think um, that's what happens with, um, that also is part of the difference. Like there's. In in Battlefront 2 for Star Wars there, there's objectives to every 
uh, map, let's just say that you're on. So you go to a new map, and there'll be new objectives. Like sometimes it's destroy an ATAT that's coming at you, and at at, and other times it's like you got to go in the base and plant a bomb on their Tie fighters so they can't get out, or you've got to defend the ship so that all the rebels can get on board and they then they leave before the empire blows them up. You know, mm-hmm. so my brother yes. and I, it's the advantage is you can start in a squad, and we've also met two or three people online that that you know probably once a week we have like five of us in this group together, and uh, and we all play our squad, so then we form a squad. And so there'll be like four or five of us out of this group of 20 that are actually in a squad and we hug together and you get bonus points for sticking with another person. So if you do the objectives, you get bonus points for doing the objectives. So mm-hmm. once you're in those kind of modes and you're in with like five, four or five people and we all stay together, we're not killing each other. We're running together and we're stopping other people from trying to stop the objective. And you end up getting a lot more points than if you just run around killing each other. So they set the game up so you can run around and just kill each other. But you get more points and more objective scores and things if you actually do the objectives and try to work together to solve those problems, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of like that strategy in the game where... You can play just as, well, I'm just going to run around and kill everyone. <laughs> but you also can play like, well, I'm going to actually try to do the mission. you know. <laughs> but it's weird that it's in the same game. It's in the same map. You know, you can get points either mm-hmm. way. But um, yeah. and, and at the part where you run around killing each other, I, ter- I horribly suck at it. As, as, <laughs> as a person, as a person, you know. When I'm in a ship, I do okay. <laughs> but I also go for the objectives when I'm in a ship, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, which is a lot of times it's like blow up the capital ship. You got to blow out the shield generators, then shoot all the weapons on it, and then mm-hmm. bomb the uh, blow up the uh, like the control bridge or something, you know. Uh, I was always way better at flying uh, kind of games as well. I think I do think it comes back to flight sims were big when I was a kid. And Mm. so was Wing Commander. I mean, those two were huge games for me. I mean, I played every single uh, one of the Wing Commander games. You know, um, God, I I think I started at, like, Microsoft Flight Simulator, like, (laughs) 1.5 or something stupid like that back in the 80s. Um, But, uh, okay, shoot. I I totally drew us way the hell off. Uh, uh, The question that you had for me was, like, what type of game? Yeah, would I, what do you like I to watch? To or what do you oh, like, I like to watch? watch? Okay, what weapons would you use if you were in a game yourself? Like, say one day okay. zombies showed up and demons are running out of the cracks in the ground, and you're like in a video game situation, you know, and you have there's like all of a sudden everything breaks up and there's like blocks that you have to jump on. You can't just run to the next objective and fire shooting out of the sky for no reason, you know. So you got to use what would you use? What would your weapon of choice be if you okay. were trapped cool. in a video game? I got it. I got it. All right. Uh, for watching pretty much anything except for sports, I really just don't care about sports games. Uh, most rhythm games, unless you're there, I mean, you kind of loses something for me. Uh, like FPSs are are fun to watch. I think if if uh, you're watching somebody who's really good at what they're doing. Um, same thing with like some of the arena uh, type things, like um, uh, like uh, like Overwatch or like a MOBA. Uh, those can be pretty cool. Uh, watching somebody race is pretty awesome if they're if they're really good. Uh, so yeah, kind of. I, I'm 
you know, I, I love games. You'll run uh, the gamut, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, except for sports. I do not give a damn about sports or anything sports-related. So Rocket League, absolutely no interest. Um, I know that was a that's And that's a, a huge, one. yeah, it's huge, yeah. Yeah, I played it right when it came out with some of my friends, and I, I played a couple sessions and was like, I'm good. Eh, that's all right. Just, yeah. just don't, don't really care. Uh, okay, as for weapon... That's easy, Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Duh. Oh, not me. Not not me myself. I don't necessarily want to be Batman. I just think that that's probably a bad idea with me in the physical shape that I'm in. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. I just lay down a Batman and he takes care of things. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Perhaps yep. I can lay down a few Batmans at once and they can just take care of things for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. And Rob's out there throwing Batmans at them. <laughs> Yeah, I could be, uh, you know, Bat Bomber Man. <laughs> or, <laughs> oh, yeah, easy. <laughs> I never like thought of that as a weapon, but that's a good idea. Yeah, I just got a pocket full of Batmans, man. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> More effective than a pocket full of Hawthorns. Yeah, <laughs> I can just see like a bunch of these little Batmans, and you're like flipping them out from your hands like ninja stars. And then they, when they land on the ground, they go boink into full size Batmans, and he's like, Hell, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And it's like all different Batman skins. Oh, of course. You know? I mean, yeah, just yeah. like it would have to be just just everybody. Batman in armor, <laughs> Batman in like the new Fifty Two suit, Batman in the classic. Batman from the 60s TV show. Oh, crap. What'd I do? Pow! Wham! (laughs) Bloom! (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Batman is weapon. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, guys. You know, we've been talking for about an hour. I'll leave you with one last question. Someone threw this up on Twitter. I think you probably saw this. But they were like, if a Transformer died... Would it be okay to drive around their dead body in car mode? Oh. So I thought they threw it up on Twitter. They said, I think this is one for Awesome Geek Show. And uh, right. I figured, all right, let's give it a quick answer before we go. I think it's okay. I, I say oh. go ahead. Just be respectful. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase my friend from uh, from Office Space. No. Shit, no. Man, I'd get your ass kicked for something like that. <laughs> oh, no. Dude. Okay, whoever this person is, they are bringing back awful PTSD memories from like 1986 and the damn Transformers movies when Optimus Prime died. Like, dude, I was sitting in that damn theater. I was 10 years old, maybe nine. Yeah. No, all my hopes and dreams and were crushed that day. All of my grand Transformers, like you know, you know, adventures were all like playing through my head, and just like, oh my god, this is Optimus Prime. You know, it's like, oh my god. So, so yeah, thank you for bringing back horrible <laughs> childhood memories. You suck. Um, <laughs> uh. And we but lost no. everybody that day. You're sitting in the theater, and you're like, Prowl, Prowl, Prowl. Oh, no, Ironhide, Iron? what? No. <laughs> Ironhide. And then yeah. you're like, Optimus Prime, what? <laughs> and, no, 
she lost all pretty much all the Decepticons too, or at least a yeah. big chunk of them. But they came back. None of the Autobots came back. No, they came nope. back. Yeah, like no, like he reformed no. Megatron into Galvatron. He reformed like you know the Jets into the Swoops, and one of them mm -hmm. one of them didn't. Uh, who was it? One of them became uh, Cyclonus, right? One of them was like Clonus and the other was Scourge. And then the swoops were his minions. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and it's like the Autobots didn't get that treatment. They had to get all new toys. <laughs> nope, nope. No, like I was saying, you know, it's like the only thing that we got was Jed Nelson as Rodimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I think we got the short end of the stick on this one. Uh, you know, I okay. recently saw, um, so get this. In Japan, now you may have seen this. I don't know when. When were you here in the states? Were you in Japan in eighty five, eighty six, or were you in the states by by then? No, I, I was in the states in ninety four. Okay. Oh, okay. So, were you in Japan in eighty four, eighty five, eighty six? Yes, I was. Okay, so you may have got to see this. Now, do you see if you, you know, go back into your memory and see if you can remember this from a child? So, here in the states. We got season one, season two, and then we went to see the movie, and we were all devastated. And then we had all these new characters, and they came back with season three, and it was all the new characters. So we mm -hmm. never got any episodes of the television cartoon mm -hmm. where, like, uh, Ultra Magnus and Rodimus, and, or Hot Rod at the time, um, were interacting with optimus prime and ironhide and prowl and those guys so the first generation never interacted with the what we call the the pre after pre-movie generation never interacted mm -hmm. with the after movie generation of figures except in the movie except in the movie and then yeah. so but i just recently found out i found them on youtube and i watched them there mm -hmm. are um episodes that were out only in japan mm -hmm. that were tied in that came out right before the movie hit theaters in Japan. Are you talking about Transformers 2040? No, it was, um, or is that before that? They Cause I mean, it, it was oh, all, what did they call it? Damn it. Like Transformers on TV, at least up to a certain point was pretty much, you know, uh, it was pretty much, uh, uh, you know, chronological. It was, uh, they, they went from, you know, one pretty much right into the next, until they were done with that. And then, you know, they would go on to another one with like, you know, uh, with like uh, the Japanese version of like Beast Wars or, or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But, uh, that initial storyline, including the the movie. And then after that, um, it was kind of one big arc from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying is the, the episodes were called scramble city. I just looked it up again, just to make sure. Oh, yeah. So, with, so that was, uh, the arc with, uh, uh, with, uh, Metroplex. Yes. Where they created mm -hmm. Metroplex. Yeah. yeah like yeah, they were building, totally they were actually that. building him. And then they had like all the combiners fighting and stuff. And the combiners did things in that episode that was cooler than what they did in any of the American episodes. Because like when one of them lost an arm, like one of the legs would become the arm, you know, mm -hmm. and they didn't do that in the American version cartoons. Like a leg uh, was always a leg. They didn't rearrange. And it was like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and yeah. they had like four different combiners fighting each other along with devastator. And then like, then Metroplex shows up and everybody's like, Oh wow. Look at that. Never underestimate the uh, Japanese love for combiners. Yeah, just just never. It, it 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 it's one of the most awesome things like ever. Um, 
And there was I, a whole I, there was a whole run of like different packaged toys that had Scramble City logo on them, and it went along like you know the combiners all had their own packaging with Scramble City logo, and like the uh, Metroplex and Trypticon. So it was yeah, like I got a chunk of those in my collection. yeah, and that's I'm like we didn't get any of that. We didn't even have those episodes. <laughs> it's like they just skipped them. Yeah. It went right to the movie. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff that, that were Japanese properties that got skipped over or skipped around or completely overwritten um, by American producers. And you got to figure that, that uh, um, Hasbro basically licensed the property from, from Takara. Takara yeah. And at that point could pretty much do whatever the hell they wanted with you know the the animation <laughs> yeah um well the other like uh, thing think was, of like uh weren't oh, they sorry, uh, weren't they farming the the animation out to like a japanese studio and then they would send it back well sunbeam was firebright was doing a chunk of it um they they were always farming stuff back and forth between the u.s and japan or the u.s and korea Oh, that's um, right. Korea had a big part of the lot. animation. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see like a lot of maybe like keyframe animation, uh, keyframe sequences, or um, or just keyframes in in general would wind up getting done in the states and then you know sent over to to have like the the bulk of the animation work done. Blah 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 blah. Uh, so that's been you know a, a long standing thing. I mean, look at the opening credits for Thundercats. Yeah, that's totally. That was all that was- done. That was uh, done in Japanese Korea, right? Shows. Was it Japanese? I believe that one, I, I believe that one was Korea, but don't quote me. I don't remember when the big kind of uh, when people when they started switching from Japan to Korea. You know, as, yeah. as things in Japan got more expensive, obviously. See, right? I, I felt I felt uh, like Thundercats and Silverhawks were done in Korea, but I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But at least the beginning, you know, the beginning animation, you know, was definitely like they're their top end folks. Yeah. Uh, but think about everything from the 70s, early 80s, Star Blazers was a bastardization, like a total oh, bastardization total. of Battleship Yamato. Yeah. Um, like a Robotech was uh, was them taking Macross and Mospeada and like jamming them together because the animation <laughs> styles were similar. And then completely rewriting a story that fit the animation. Yeah. Um, There's even a couple know, shots uh, from Voltron that I swear came from Battleship Yamamoto. <laughs> oh, sure. But uh, think of it like all the Go Nagai stuff, like uh, Star Avengers, Transor Z. Oh, um, I remember Transor Z. Uh, yes, that was awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Grandizer. Which was the only one that actually kept his real name, interestingly enough. Uh, you know, Dangard Ace. The, these were all. Oh, I remember Dangard. Yeah, I watched Dangard. Yeah. So these were all brought, you know, from Japan and, and like heavily bastardized. If it was anything by uh, Harmony Gold, especially, that was super, super bastardized. Wow. Um, you know, so so it doesn't surprise me in the least that uh, that you wouldn't wind up getting some of those episodes. Well, it um, made see what it made me wonder was that oh. if a lot of the stuff was done over in Japan, could they themselves just pick it up and go? Well, we're going to make a bunch of new episodes and just release them here because if we bring them over to the states, they're going to complain or want to pay for them or whatever. So we're just, since we since we actually have control of all these stills and all this other animation parts and we're actually making the cartoon for them, we'll just make a whole couple new episodes that just make more sense 
and have them for us so they can tell a story and not just be one-offs like they pretty much did in the States, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't feel think like, that was necessarily what, what uh, went down, but I mean, you never know cause I, cause uh, what was involved thing, in particular deals. You know? I mean, you can correct my feeling if I'm wrong, but my feeling is that a lot of these things were like, the guys in the States didn't care that much. They just wanted a cartoon to come out every day. So they didn't care what it was. They didn't care that much about the story. They didn't care if it continued from one, if it made sense from one episode to the next. I shouldn't say mm -hmm. continued the story, but made sense. Yeah. You know, like in this mm -hmm. episode, someone died. In the next episode, why are they back? They never explained. They just were, you know? Yeah. And, and it was yep. like, because all I really were concerned with was let's put something else so these kids can eat cereal and watch it and go buy the toys. Yeah, Whereas basically. Whereas in Japan, they were like, let's try to actually tell a story with this. <laughs> um, to an extent, I, uh, you know, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of these things did have their creators that were that were very hands on with with the projects and whatnot. So, uh, you know, that they got to tell the story that they wanted to tell. Um. I, I think that the commercial aspect was 100% there uh, in Japan as well. I mean, if they didn't have those cartoons, they wouldn't sell the toys. Um, and a lot of those 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 uh, cartoons were funded, you know, by by the the toy sales. And it was 100% that in the states as well. Uh, like uh, even to a greater extent, I would say uh, with like with Hasbro um, being one of the biggest toy producers of the uh, of the 80s and um, still today. Uh, and I, I think a big portion of why some of those things did not come to the U.S. is because they weren't ready to support toy product um, that would go along with it. I mean, you got to figure that those bigger toys were expensive to produce. They'd have to deal with, uh, you know, buying the dies for them uh, and so forth. And the more expensive something is, the less likely that it's going to sell. Yeah, that's uh, true. So things, you know, I mean, it's not like we didn't have things like Trypticon and, uh, you know, Fortress Maximus and so on like uh, so on like that in, in the U.S., and the, you know, but uh, you got to figure that there's a lot of, there's we'll a lot of stuff in that Scramble City that was uh, rehashing stuff that had already come out or was involving stuff that had already come out Um. And involving big set pieces. Yeah. And if you have like five different combiners in a series, that's five different play sets, you know, that, that mom and dad have to spend, you know, forty nine ninety five on back in, you know, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Um, you we, know, all, for, we only got those if we bought them ourselves, my brother and I. Because yeah. if we saved up our own money and bought them ourselves, was the that was the only way I got Optimus Prime. It's the only way mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. Megatron. It was the only way my brother got Metroplex was because mm -hmm. we had to save up our own money and go buy them. And what's funny is I find, like, you know, I have, like, a Sears catalog, and I have, like, an Arden's. Arden's was a store up in New York when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, Arden's, I think it was. I don't know. But anyways, and I looked through those catalogs, and I noticed that the limit was my mom and dad would buy the 1999 toys. Anything mm -hmm. that was twenty four ninety nine or higher, those were mm -hmm. the toys we didn't get. And it was funny mm -hmm. because I was like, we had every single Star Wars toy that was nineteen ninety nine or less in those catalogs, and every Star Wars toy that's twenty four ninety nine or higher are all mm -hmm. the ones that we didn't own. And it's like oh. the same with the Transformers, the same with the GI Joe, the same with the He Man's. And I was like mm -hmm. looking at it one day, going, "Holy crap!" So now I understand why we didn't own certain things. It was all about price point. 
And anything mm-hmm. that was $24.99 or higher, they wouldn't buy. And the only ones that were that expensive that we did own were the ones that I distinctly remember my brother and I saving up money specifically to buy that particular toy. And and it's yeah. like then we got them, you know. But it was like See. only when we did we mowed lawns or we sold dozen eggs from the chickens, you know, Ooh. we'd go around and collect all the eggs on the farm and go to the neighbors and sell them for seventy five cents a dozen, you know? <laughs> yeah. See I lucked out because I wound up getting the best of both worlds, right? So there was this amazing toy shop that was like this two story toy shop uh in downtown Iwakuni, you know, where I grew up. Uh, that that had just the coolest Japanese toys that you could even think of, like every robot. Oh my God, robot paradise! Um, and I went to that place, God, until uh, you know, probably until I left Japan. And then um, I lived probably twenty minutes from a major department store that had an incredible toy section, um, <laughs> along with a couple like mom and pop joints along that route that also carried really cool toys. Um, and then there was also a toy shop on base that had U.S. toys. Wow. You know, so, so I wound up kind of getting the best of both worlds there. Uh, you know, not to mention an incredible, ridiculous trip to Los Angeles in like 1984-ish, I want to say, where uh, we went to Toys R Us pretty much right after like hitting the damn uh, tarmac. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I remember my favorite shop to go to when I was a kid. There was so we I grew up from like six year old on, I grew up in a place called Marion, New York, little tiny town. I mean there was like two thousand people total living in the whole town at that time. And the town next over was Palmyra. And in that town there was a you know, back in those days, like the the corner drugstore was owned by a mom and pop kind of guy, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a Walgreens or a CVS like there is today. So every town had their own little thing and they all carried different stuff. And a lot of times that's where you would go to get your toys and your comic books in a small yeah, town, totally. you know, spinner racks. Yeah. Spinner racks. There were no comic book stores in a small town back then, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, we had like one comic book store that I remember in the whole surrounding area of Rochester, New York. It was like, you know, it was a special trip if my mom took us to the comic book store because that was like an hour away, you know. But this drug store was down the road. So, yeah, we would look at the spinner rack, pick out some comic books, and there was always... Now, they didn't have the big items, but they had, like, every Star Wars action figure. They had, like, every G.I. Nice. Joe. They had, like, mm-hmm. you know, all the figures that were on those that size of card. You know, remember the mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. card? The three G. and three Joe, quarters. Three and three quarter inch figures. They oh, all yes. had that same style, sort of same size packaging. And they mm-hmm. had, you know, they had, like, Flash Gordon in that size. They had, like, some Robotech and some... Voltron guys even and like all these mm-hmm. different figures and I just I distinctly it's one of the only childhood toy memories that are like so vivid in my mind is going mm. to that store and always being able to pick out two or three figures because they had them at what my mother considered really good prices compared to the big places and the mm-hmm. other advantage was they had things for years after they went out of style in like the Toys R Us and the bigger stores so I remember, yeah, like, totally. even after Kung Fu Grip came out for G.I. Joe, I was still buying G.I. Joe figures that didn't have the Kung Fu Grip. They were straight-armed, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, 
at this store like two or three years after the straight arm had disappeared from every other store. And I was still buying them at that drugstore. And I was always mm-hmm. like, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting all the original figures now that I missed before, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. I remember finding like the old some older Star Wars figures and stuff that you had a harder time finding later on, you know. And, yeah. and just like so that was like the coolest place to go, you know. Nice. And I just distinctly remember in the smell, I can always smell that like <laughs> comic store <laughs> spitter rack smell, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I mean, Rob. There's like a oh yeah, I a do. certain like yeah, and that certain toy smell that they had. The toys always oh, had like this plastic smell that was, you know, freshly yeah. opened, <laughs> freshly opened Star Wars guy smell. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we've rambled on a little bit past our time, so I'll let you guys go. Have a good Uh night. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another Super Awesome Geek Show episode. Happy New Year. And Rob and Christina, thanks a lot for joining. We'll talk to you guys later. Got it. Bye. 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 Autobots, roll out. Oh, hey. You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo! Yo! <laughs> <laughs>